Hi, everyone. This is Pam Torrey from Engage, and you're listening to the Engaged Podcast. We know tech is changing the way people market and sell more than ever. And on this show, I sit down with sales and marketing thought leaders and experts to learn how you can create, share, and measure your way to success. Today, I'm sitting down with one of my personal friends in the industry, Mark Richardson, a leader in the sales and home improvement industry who has worked with hundreds of sales teams to help them find success. Thanks for joining us today, Mark. Oh, it's great to be with you, Pam. Wonderful. Well, let's jump in. Um, a lot of our listeners probably have an idea of who you are, but I would love for you to give our listeners a snapshot of your background. How do you fit into the sales industry, into home improvement sales? Um, so how did you get into this? So my roots uh, in home remodeling, home improvement are actually through architecture. Uh, back in the 70s, my thesis in architecture school was design build and how to marry design and, and remodeling and construction together. And then in, started a little design build business, then joined a partner, Fred Case, uh, early in the 80s. Uh, we grew the business to be one of the largest uh, remodeling businesses in the, in the country with not only a design build, any man, but also a kitchen and bath kind of level business and then a national business. And then I stepped down in 2008 and passed the baton to Bruce Case and I became chairman of the company and then started to really be more focused on the industry, uh, working with other remodelers, doing a lot more speaking and writing about how to take your business to the next level which has kind of put me where I am right now, which is, uh, you know, kind of an in industry advisor and, uh, you know, certainly one that uh, is anxious to be able to, you know, help many others. Great. So you've basically seen it all. I've uh, been through recessions, the Great Recession, housing crashes, housing booms, uh, the good times and the bad. So... I would love to understand from your perspective, what are some core fundamentals that every salesperson should know, regardless of what's going on in the market or regardless of what's going on in the home improvement industry? Yeah. So if, if you're a sales professional, I would say at a very, very almost psychological and fundamental level, uh, you have to kind of realize that we're all salespeople. Some are just better than others. And, you know, I say that, you know, Steve Jobs was a pretty good salesperson. Oprah, Gandhi even was a salesperson. And once you put the stake in the sand and you say, you know, I'd better get pretty good at this and not have a lot of conceptions that a salesperson is like a vulture standing on a curb selling used cars or something. What you do for yourself is you give yourself the permission to get really good at. And I had to, coming from architecture, you know, almost go through a few years of therapy to just admit I was in sales as opposed to architecture. But once I kind of got through that, I became a student of sales. I would read, I'd listen to podcasts, I'd experiment with a lot of different techniques. And what I realized, you know, that, that, that sales is 80% of a skill, not just an art and everyone can take their game to the next level. From a sales leadership perspective, 
how should they be ensuring that these sales fundamentals are being followed by their team? How can they how can they lead their team to effectively sell? Well, I think first of all, salespeople, and I, you know, I've already said that I'm kind of one of you, so I have to be, you know, looking in the mirror when I say this. Salespeople, I think, oftentimes have a lot of bad habits. Uh, they oftentimes think they're doing certain things, but they're not really doing it. So the more that you can kind of observe and inspect kind of what you expect, I think the 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 better. Uh, one of the wonderful things that I know that, you know, in, in, in understanding the engaged product that I think as a sales leader is even just as important as all the sexiness that comes from the the graphics is the ability to really uh, look at the analytics of what your salespeople are doing. And, you know, when I go into organizations, one of the key things I say to sales manager is how many ride-alongs do you do a week? And I can tell you without a doubt, nine times out of 10, they're not doing nearly as many as they could. So leveraging technology and tools to kind of do virtual ride-alongs and extract that analytics really tells you and gives you what you need to be able to coach and advise and, and help your salespeople, you know, r- realize their full potential. So when you're talking to these sales leaders and you're talking about coaching, I'm curious about what the fundamental elements you recommend are you recommend to have in a sales presentation um i know that you've helped a bunch of different companies with creating sales presentations you're a big advocate of them what are the fundamental building blocks to a great sales presentation in your opinion well one of the things that's so important is realize that uh you've got to have make it relevant uh you've got to have a little bit of levity to it don't make don't be so serious that that it's almost squeaky mechanical and and then you also have to have the right cadence and pace the right brevity to a sales presentation so what i'd like to do is you know your your biggest competitor quite frankly is not of the remodelers home improvement company it's really the client it's the client's ignorance about remodeling in the process it's their uh, oftentimes there are fears about things. I, I'm on the board of the Better Business Bureau and, you know, 50% of our complaints are from home improvement clients that, that, that quite frankly, just misunderstood. So there's a lot of fear and then there's a lot of overwhelm. So if you, if you focus your presentation on trying to vaporize some of the ignorance, ignorance in what remodeling the process is all about, uh, you're, you're really telling your story, you know, you need to tell your story. And, and, you know, one of the things many years ago, I always thought clients didn't really care about our story. Uh, and then I actually had our team go out and present our story uh, to many of my relatives. And with, with zero exceptions, every relative came back and said, wow, I didn't know that about you. And this is of my own flesh and blood didn't know that. Why would you think your clients know that? So the more you can tell your story, they care about your team. They care about your expertise, the depth of your experiences. 
But you've got to do it, I think, under kind of an overriding umbrella of relevance, levity, and brevity. Because if you end up having a two-hour presentation, they're bored to death and they want to kick you out of the door. But if you also only have a one-minute presentation, that's just not enough. Most definitely. Um, now, I know that you've helped some contractors and design build companies with being able to implement, engage in their business, and you've you've helped them to construct those company stories on our platform. Um, can you share a story with us about implementing Engage with one of those contractors, one of those design build companies? Yeah, one really interesting thing, and this is a little bit uh, one that I think probably some of the some of the uh, listeners have have probably not really thought of, but I was working with one of the engaged clients and we were putting together, you know, all the normal kinds of things. Here's the strategic alliances, community service, the the process, the portfolio, all of those things. And then we wove in, you know, a slide relating to technology, relating to how the technologies improve the client experience. Well, the feedback I got after, you know, it was kind of uh, finished and baked out, that the clients actually in many ways enjoyed that information as much or more as the history of the company and certainly all the cool looking projects. So I would encourage you to share your story in all the things that really help to make the client experience the best it can be. And if you can, again, vaporize a lot of that confusion and ignorance that the client has, I, I think they will be more likely to be drawn to you and want to work with you. Very interesting. Thinking about it from the customer perspective of like you're you're talking about these tools that you've implemented to make their experience better, which then makes them trust you more and want to buy. Feel like you're more current. You're, you're, you know, technology and people involved in technology. I mean, we all think whether it's right or wrong, boy, you must be smart because you do all these interesting kind of visualization tools. And of course, the presentation, if it's beautiful, you know, that in itself, I think, leaves an impression. You know, even if the projects aren't beautiful, the presentation being beautiful at least gives the client the impression that that that's, you know, your design acumen is at a fairly high level. So continuing in this theme of technology, there are a ton of new sales and home improvement tech platforms out there that run the gamut. They cover the entire funnel, every step of the process of the client relationship. How do you recommend that companies determine what technology is right for them? How do you recommend that they assess the technology and approach um, implementing implementing technology in their businesses? Well, I think sometimes we integrate technologies that are making or we think it makes us more efficient, uh, but it's not necessarily more effective for the client. So one of the things I always run through the filter is how does this technology benefit the client? How does it benefit us being able to uh, do this project in a way that maybe communicates a little bit more effectively, uh, has the client 
uh, be able to visualize things. You know, one of the fears that clients have is, are they making mistakes? Well, the more that you can use the technology to help create clarity so they know what the project is going to be, the, the, the better it's going to be. So the biggest advice I would have is rather than just listening to, you know, your administrative or your technology people of the newfangled stuff you need, try to ask yourself what, what really benefits the client and ultimately generates opportunities and, and, and sales into the business. Great. So looking ahead and we're in the first part of 2023 right now, we've got a lot of, we have a lot of clients who are trying to think about what are they going to do for spring and summer? You know, that's usually busy season for a lot of remodelers. Um, and they're trying to get prepped for it. They're trying to just get ready for what, what curveballs this year is going to throw at them. What are some trends that you think sales leaders should be focused on right now as they are trying to get gear up for the rest of this year? So there's there's three things that I'd really encourage with with the folks that I, you know, advise and work with. Uh, one is make sure that you're putting calories into marketing. Uh, if you don't have the fuel, if you don't have the leads, then everything else kind of breaks down. And, you know, I use words like calories and energy with marketing more than just dollars, because I truly believe that, you know, it really should be more about uh, 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 having a higher percentage of your time devoted to marketing and deputizing really also your team to care about marketing and lead jet. So that's number one. Number two is sales. Sales acts needs to be sharper. You know, and I use a lot of metaphors about axes and things, but the reality that dull axe is not going to cut the trees that are out there right now. So you've got to really focus on training. You got to focus on the right sales tools. You've got to know how to differentiate yourself. You've got to know, uh, understand how to create urgency in this client that is you coin pen that's a little bit feral out there right now. And kind of escaped and cares about a lot of different things. So that's number two. Sales needs to be sharp and, and, and better than ever. And number three is try to, in general, have your act together. You know, have your operational side of the business just tightened up and, you know, make sure those bolts and screws are tight because you don't want to be always turning around and focus on fixing things in your business. You want to really create the opportunities, be able to sell and be able to produce. And if you can focus and think about those three things, you're going to increase profitability and you're going to have a very successful year. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mark. Um, I always really enjoy when we get to chat. And I think that our listeners are going to have some actionable nuggets that they can take away. I hope so. This has been uh, wonderful and Pam, as always, I always enjoy, uh, you know, our conversations and time together. Wonderful. Well, thanks for listening to the Engaged podcast. Be sure to visit engage.io for more information on how to create, share, and measure your way to success. 
If you love the Engaged podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time. Hey.